Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to episode 32, Executive Function Strategies for Kids. I am very passionate about executive functioning skills, and I have a lot to say, of course, right? And I plan to do this over a few weeks, but first, this overview might be lengthier than I intend, as I want to lay the foundation for this whole area of brain and behavior research. But before we get started, I just want to ask you a few questions. So if we think about it, is procrastinating over homework or projects a constant and never-ending battle? And also, while we're on it, do you yourself find you can't seem to keep track of what you need to do or often lose items? Or are your child's binder, backpack, bedroom, the entry points to black holes of the universe? Or do you find like folded up or crumbled um, assignments in their backpack? Do you have to remind your significant of other over and over and possibly over and over again to do things? I'm speaking from for a friend here, of course, right? And is it perplexing that your child can focus for hours and hours on a video game, but can't sit still for five math problems, right? All of these behaviors that I just described are tied to what neuroscientists call the executive function skills in the brain. These executive skills are what we use to get things done, care about the future, remember to do things. The development of our brain's executive skills depends on age, and this is an important one, genetics and experiences. I know what you're thinking right now. You just want to learn how to get your child from point A to point B. Point A is where, they're, where they are right now. It's when they're struggling with homework. They're struggling to even remember to bring their homework home. They can't remember what they were supposed to do. They're unmotivated to study. They aren't willing. They don't have a good perception of time. So when it's it's time to actually do the work, they wait until the very last moment, um, or they don't even know what to do to accomplish the tasks that are required of them. I want to note here that these skills can be taught. We can't learn executive functioning skills from osmosis or assumptions. They aren't common sense for some of us. And I think this is where I feel most passionate having grown up um, with this uh, deficit in um, executive functioning skills. I always felt less than. I felt like I didn't measure up. I couldn't keep up. I was always losing things. And, and that constant lack, the operating from this, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough to get these things done, really impacted um, what I believed I could do or what I believed I was capable of doing. So I really want to stress that you treat these as skills that one can learn versus just an overall orientation 
to laziness, to unmotivated behavior. And it's, cl- it's clear that some of us adults still lack these problems with executive functioning. I'm going to focus on children and teens here, but I promise to do a follow-up podcast on how to boost executive functioning skills in adults because I am, again, speaking from experience, I've dealt with it and I've seen the consequences, but also have underst- I understand the workarounds. So to begin, I want to run through the 11 executive skills, which I've broken down into thinking and doing skills. So when we think about cognitive skills, executive skills required, we think about working memory. So the ability to hold information and memory while performing complex tasks. So some kids seem to naturally keep track of their belongings like coats or keys, and they're good at remembering what they have to do, Um, They won't misplace stuff or say they'll do it later. So that is working memory. You give them a long list of what they need to do and they can keep that all in their working memory and execute from that as well. Um, Our next cognitive skill that I wanted to discuss was planning and prioritization. So really the ability to create a roadmap to reach a goal or complete a task. We see this a lot with kids. It's being able to make decisions about what's important to focus on and what is actually not important. So, you know, looking at a project and figuring out what they need to do. Next in the cognitive skill area comes organization. Ah, the ability to create and maintain systems to keep track of information, materials. I talked about this earlier. Some kids keep their notebooks and backpacks exceptionally organized. Even as an adult, my purses and bags seem to be um, black holes into nothingness um, where I lose things quite easily. So thinking about that. Then we, the fourth cognitive skill that I want to talk about um, is time management, the capacity to estimate how much time one has, how to allocate it, and how to stay within the time deadlines and limits. Uh, This shows up a lot. I know we're focusing on teens here, but you see this a lot in adults that still have problems with time management. It's a skill set, and we can coach that, essentially. Finally, the fifth cognitive skill that I wanted to discuss was metacognition. So the ability to take a, a bigger view of yourself in a situation, to observe how you actually problem solve. So when I go through um, the tear it up model, how thoughts impact emotions, which impact actions, which impact results, kids with metacognition deficits will sometimes struggle with this or adults. Um, And so we see this show up. So when we think about behavioral skills, so these are the behavioral executive function skills, are we have response inhibition. Think about it. The capacity to think before you act the ability to resist the urge to say or do something. It allows the person, your child, your teen, another adult, the time to evaluate the situation and how his behavior might impact it. We see this 
often at play. And I will also post uh, the correlation between ADHD and executive functioning issues because we know that ADHD is, that's gaps in EF, right? And so I, there's a great chart that shows that just for, I, for those visual learners out there. Um, so then we also have emotional control, the ability to manage emotions, to achieve goals, complete tasks, or control and direct behavior. So some, we see some kids, some teenagers have short fuses. They get easily uh, stressed out when things don't go right, or others can stay cool and calm and handle it all. So then we also, on behavioral skills, we think about flexibility, the ability to revise plans in face of obstacles, setbacks, new information, or mistakes. It, um, it's really about adapting to changing conditions. We get that, why that matters. You, in the workplace, as a parent, flexibility is essential to success. So the um, next behavioral skill is sustained attention. And I always find this really interesting is the capacity to keep paying attention to a situation or task in spite of distractibility, fatigue, or boredom. So some kids can just get their homework done. Others have issues with sustained attention. Now we will get to this, the difference between when you, when they can just for hours on end play video games and yet they can't do homework. So we'll get to that, I promise. Then we have behavioral executive skills. We have task initiation. Uh, this is really important as a teenager, as an adult especially. So the ability to begin projects with undue procrastination in an efficient or timely manner. Yikes, right? My favorite books are to read our books about why procrastination is helpful, right? So that I could justify my own issues with task initiation. So here we go. And then finally, our 11th executive skill, um, and this falls under behavioral issues, is goal-directed persistence. The capacity to have a goal, follow through to completion of that goal, and not be put off by distraction, um, let's say with competing interests or something more fun comes along. It's really interesting to think about this as it relates um, to kids, but also adults. So I, there's so much to get at when this relates to adults as well. So executive function and self-regulation skills are the mental processes that enable us to plan, focus, remember instructions, juggle multitasks successfully. Think about it. It's what we require kids at school to do. These tasks are controlled by the frontal lobe. The front part of the brain is... Well, it develops from the back forward. So the front part of the brain is the last part of the brain to development. Executive function continues to develop until your mid-20s. I would even say some of us, it is longer based on genetics. So if you are a parent, you might worry about, will I always have to do these things for my child? Will they ever be able to figure out how to execute? 
And if they aren't able to figure out how to do things, then they aren't going to be able to launch a future. They won't have the choices and opportunities that you want them to have. So the consequences to not learning these executive skills, which are skills, these consequences are very serious. If you don't figure out how to navigate this stuff, you are limiting your choices in life. And for parents who have exceptional executive functioning skills, it's hard to understand what's happening to your child or if you're a teacher, why this is happening with students, why they're unmotivated, undisciplined, why they procrastinate, why this doesn't seem important to them. But for people like me, adults who've had to figure these out on themselves to develop workarounds, it 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 is imperative that we all learn this, that we don't assume kids are lazy or lack common sense, which I heard all throughout my, my childhood and um, teen years. So there are three things that we can do. The first, as parents, the first is, When we're frustrated, it's important to blame the brain and not the child because you can't do what your brain can't do. So when we we have an obligation to uncover the gaps in our executive skills and we see this as a skill issue. Now, sometimes, and this is very nuanced, but there can be behavioral issues at play here. Um, So we have to, I, I think as a parent, I can't see whether it's a skill issue or behavioral issue. So I always fall on the side as a skill issue and gap. But if I, you know, an outside party, for example, a educational therapist, an educational coach comes in, and we typically can see it quite quickly. But that is just an area to build skills. Um, having been and trained rats, right, in applied behavioral analysis, there are there are techniques that one can use to then address. But that's very nuanced and high level. So I always say, just assume that these are skill issue gaps. I also want to talk about mindset here because I help kids understand that this is not an issue with motivation. It's not that you're lazy. It's not that you're dumb or stupid. It's not that you can't do it. It's how do we get you the skills necessary? How do we support? How do we build the foundation in your brain to help you be successful. We think about the systems, the mindsets, the routines, what things, how do we sort and compartmentalize things? We say, I need these systems that other people might pick up by osmosis, but we teach them, explicitly teach them how to do it, how to refine it so it's personalized and customized and tailored to their own needs, their learning styles, they have probably already developed coping strategies. So you take that into consideration. I also want to encourage you to ask your kids about their goals. What do they want? But more importantly, I ask, how do you want to feel? Because our students, our kids are stuck in a state 
of constant struggle, of constantly feeling not good enough, not stressed, not being on top of things. And when we guide them in the conversation, we say, they say, I don't want to feel stressed. I want to feel like I enjoy school. So when we are guiding the conversation about what matters and we're having some areas with test initiation, um, we say, you told me you want to feel relaxed. You want to feel not stressed. So how do we get you to a place? We have to start. We have to actually start the work so that we can not always feel behind the curb. Uh, and, and I also say, I'm going to tell you what works for me or what works for other people. You try it on. You tell me. This is an experiment. And you tell me um, what works. I, I've talked about it before, but I teach kids to examine their thoughts and feelings to create new patterns, those new pathways in their mind. So then I also... Um, the second area thing that we can do for our kids is learn all we can about executive functioning skills of the brain. Think about it. There are 11 distinct skills to learn. And executive skills fall under the use it or lose it principle. So we help our kids learn these things. We help them execute it consciously. We're working the muscle. Um, we are helping our kids be successful, but we have to learn information about it. I say go to understood.org. It is an, an incredible resource for parents like us who are working or teachers who are working with kids with executive functioning strategies and and really helping you see they have a day in a life with a kid with poor executive functioning issues or a day in a life of a kid with poor working memory or slow processing speed. I think that it is imperative that we learn the all we can so that we don't blame, but we can tame. So then finally, the third area is to support the executive skill development of our brain. You have to set the child's environment up with the external tools to support his or her weaknesses and encourage activities to develop and strengthen those needed skills. So right now, you are essentially your child's executive functioning gatekeeper. Um, you are that frontal lobe while your child is developing, while it's still being in place. And some of our kids need more support. I have someone who helps Henry. I am his mom. I love him. I have the tools necessary and needed to help and I do, but he also needs someone to go to, someone outside of the family environment to say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm struggling with. Um, he gets that um, at his school. And then we work with someone online to do that. So it is really, in, it, it is finding the right supports in place to help your child build the scaffold, scaffolding now. And I, I mentioned this earlier. The while we're while we're in this, while you are the ch your child's executive functioning gatekeeper, the interesting thing about staying focused, it as it depends on the activity, it can either strengthen or 
weaken an area of the brain. So if the task is new, exciting, really interesting, dangerous, it's easy to stay hyper-focused to the point of ignoring other things. For example, in our house, video games, uh, Minecraft, Roblox, they're designed to keep the player connected and focused. They're designed to be that dopamine boost after boost, which it's why it's so hard for a child to stop playing a video game. However, if a task is boring, repetitious, difficult, like homework, then the brain doesn't get those hits and it shuts down and they stop putting in the effort to pay attention. They get easily distracted. So when we think about task persistence follow through, we think that these kids are usually strong starters. They're excited to go back to school or to get a clean slate of a new year, a new semester. They're doing well. They kind of like getting their pieces in, a play, in place, seeing their friends again, their new teachers, all this stuff. Even if they don't say it, they, they do seem to like, okay, I'm gonna start again. This is going to be new. It's like, it's, it's new, it's interesting, it's exciting. So the task is, is, um, is new. We think about it. So they're hyper-focused in the beginning. And then when the task becomes repetitious or boring, we start unraveling. Things start falling under the radar. Parents don't often notice, teachers don't often notice until about six to eight weeks into the semester. And it truly is, it happens with our children, like clockwork work with executive functioning issues. So they get a progress report, a report card. We have power school so we can see it, but sometimes it's not as evident. And you, you get that phone call from the teacher. And maybe at the start, maybe they had a lot to do. Um, maybe they, it was exciting, so they were turning it in, and now they're not, right? So task persistence or follow-through is part of this executive function area. We also see children who struggle with working memory, which is part of executive function, where you juggle multiple things in your head at once. It becomes a real challenge because we're being asked to pile more and more on as the school's School is happening, a school is um, beginning. Um, so I just encourage you, I, I'm being mindful of the time, but I have so much to say, um, is, is really think about what that looks like and what the beginning of the school year looks like for your child and how you're going to support those executive functioning skills now so that in six weeks as school starts, we don't see that unravel. So I often love to give parents, kids advice, but I can't give you or your child a million things at once. And this is hard for parents, I think, when you're working with a kid. I have tools in the toolkit to help kids move forward, but you can't have the whole toolkit or you're overwhelmed and then you just are stuck in this. Uh, Ignorance can be bliss, folks. You can't have the whole thing because it doesn't work. I have to give kids item by item so that they can have many successes. I want to encourage you um, 
to start asking your question or your kids questions from the, to develop a system right now for tracking responsibilities and tasks from the beginning to end. So you, you want your kids to be able to develop a system with what they do when they first get an assignment to when they turn that assignment in or when they first get home from school, if it's the routines or systems in your house, to when they go to bed at night. It can be crossed off, deleted, but they have to develop a system. We have to help these kids develop systems to support their executive function issues. So as an adult, you probably learned these strategies for yourself. Some of us have. I can tell you that some of us have not. And when I get overwhelmed, I tend to lose my phone or can't keep track of my work. So you can see this start to unravel. I want you to think about this week, how you can learn more about executive functioning. I want you to remember that these skills are skills to learn, so we can't blame our children if you haven't taught or practiced the skills over and over again. And then you have to set your child's environment up for success with the scaffolding necessary. Do you have visual reminders? Do you have a routines list for your kids? Think about how to set the environment up. I have some helpful air things on my blog um, or on my website at jessicastong.com. Um, so you can find those there. I also want to say something very quickly. I want you to note what I did there. I'm rehearsing for working memory or memorization. So I've recapped what we've talked about. Um, and this is just one of the many skills I teach in the Courageous Families program. But it's really about how do we support our kids? How do we continue building in the scaffolding without them actually realizing it sometimes? Because we want to support them, want to build on their strengths, want to have success for these kids who are constantly told that they aren't worthy, they are unmotivated, they are lazy. So how do we help them succeed? I'm so grateful you joined me this week. I am excited to see how you put these into place. In the following weeks, we'll get more into depth about these um these the teaching tools and ways you can build this in your homes in your classrooms but i just wanted to give you a brief overview of why this matters and what we're seeing and the 11 skills necessary i hope you have a courageous week thanks for joining